Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and today is Friday, the fifth day of February 2016, and today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution. We will be reading on page 28. We will be starting with the third paragraph, The Distinguished American. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Cheryl R., the 12 Traditions, Barbara N., and then our text readers are Kathy K. and Chrissy M., and our newcomer greeter is Deb W. The, the share ID for yesterday, Thursday, the fourth day of February, is 8436, 8436, OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Cheryl R. to please read the 12 steps for us. Hi, good morning. I'm Cheryl R. from Virginia. Thank you, Monica. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I pass. Thank you, Cheryl R. 
I will now ask Barbara N. to read the 12 traditions for us, please. Barbara N., star one to unmute, please. We can't hear you. Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara N. in snowy New York. Uh, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara Ann. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we're resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution. We are on page 28. We will begin reading with paragraph number three, The Distinguished American Psychologist. Two paragraphs will be read and comments will be taken on both paragraphs. And I will ask Kathy Kay to begin reading for us, please. Good morning, Kathy. 
Good morning, Monica, and thank you for your service. This is Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater from Boston. The distinguished American psychologist William James, in his book Varieties of Religious Experience, indicates a multitude of ways in which men have discovered God. We have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. If we have, if what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. Those having religious affiliations will find here nothing disturbing to their beliefs or ceremonies. There is no friction among us over such matters. We think it no concern of ours what religious bodies our members identify themselves with as individuals. This should be an entirely personal affair which each one decides for himself in the light of past associations or his present choice. Not all of us join religious bodies, but most of us favor such memberships. And uh, I love these two paragraphs. For someone like me, um, they uh, created the willingness and honesty that's required in order to discover a meaningful relationship with a higher power. Um, Willingness and honesty, those two words are right here towards the end of the first paragraph. Um, And I know that my journey started with what um, in the the, uh, appendix on spiritual experience refers to as contempt prior to investigation. I really did not, I was an agnostic of 40 some odd years and I did not um, have any willingness to explore. But thank you God, um, over time reading this book and hearing other people's experiences I was able to become open-minded. And that really, truly is the only thing that that is required, that open-mindedness, willingness, and honesty to try. And I'm so grateful that that came about for me and it can come about for anyone who's studying this book with us. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy Kay. And we'll open this up, and who would like to share this morning? Rachel W. Rachel. This is Bella Kenaiser. Bella, gotcha. Melissa C. Melissa. Larry. Larry. Okay, we'll start with that. Rachel W., Bella G., Melissa C., and Larry K. You're up, Rachel. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everyone. This is Rachel W., also calling from Snowy, beautiful New York. Um just uh, there's so much to unpack in this paragraph, but what what hit me here are the words: um, "If we have learned and felt and seen, if if what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, the work learned and felt and seen." To me, I I, ha- I got a message that I, I need to learn 
this. You know, I need to learn what it means to have a higher power. I need to learn what it means to, you know, put down the food, um, have a higher power. What does that mean? Um, my higher power is, I, I call God, you know, feminine, masculine, whatever you want to call it, it's God. But anyone, you know, whatever your higher power is, it's like, it has to be learned. And once once I learn it, I, I feel it. I can sense it. I can I can sense it within myself. And only at that point can I see it in others. Can I see it in my and happening in other people. So it's what I've learned in myself and I've seen. Um, all of that is, you know, coming into this program, getting that honesty and that willingness to just try it, you know, to try to see is there something else. And and the truth is, even though I, I did have a, uh, you know, I've, I've believed in God pretty much all my life, but, um, you know, that being said, I was completely blocked, you know, from that relationship. And it was only coming into this program, in particular coming into this meeting as well, that really revolutionized the steps for me in, in a way that I hadn't seen in the in the um, 17 now years that I've been in this program, you know. And that has meant such a an amazing, incredible experience that I'm incredibly grateful for, you know, all the people that do this work and um, and that we can be in this together. And 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 so my closest friends are are not we're not all from the same walks of life, and we're not we've got we've got different skin color and different religious beliefs, but we are so connected. And um, I am so grateful to feel that universal bond, and um, and incredibly grateful to be here. So thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Rachel W. Bella G, you're up, and then it'll be Melissa C. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, I love I love this paragraph. And yes, we are all the children of the higher power that I call him a God, but it doesn't matter how you call your higher power. In this program, I learned to be honest, to be honest and to to be open-minded and to accept myself and to accept other other people without blaming and judging. And this is the beauty of the program, that we are all human. We are all children of one creator, and it really doesn't matter how you call this creator. For me, this creator is God, but it doesn't matter how you call this creator. And... For an example, when I have to make the 10th step, I never choose somebody from my religion. I, I, I choose somebody that will understand me, that will hear my step 10 without judging. And the same way, when people call me to, to do the, the step 10, I never ask, wait a minute, what is your religion? How do you call your higher power? And one of my sponsors, you know, she is not for my religion. And we have a wonderful, wonderful relationship because the program is all about to share our experience, strength, and hope. And this is the most important. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Balaji. Melissa C., you're up, and then it'll be Larry. Hi, good morning, Monica. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa Stay, recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator. 
with whom we may form a relationship. And um, that's just just so comforting that, um, you know, it just doesn't matter, you know, where I'm from, what my background is, that this relationship is available to me. And um, it's so appealing. It's so inclusive. You know, and growing up, um, somehow I got the message that, um, that although the rest of the world was okay, um, we in our religion were somehow superior. And, you know, I don't know if it was intended that that's what I got, um, but that's what I got. And there was an expectation that your friends, that your future spouse should all be of your religion. And that wasn't my experience. And so, um, you know, my choices were outside of that. And um, and there was some um, feeling apart and judged by others, and it never sat well with me. And, you know, for me, it made me have one more reason why I didn't like God and religion and anything that had to do with that. I was, you know, I was confusing people with the spirit of the universe. That was my experience. But, you know, the faith I found through my fellowship has been accepting all-inclusive, never-exclusive, open to all who seek. And the only thing I needed to form this relationship was willingness and be honest enough to try. And, um, you know, when I came here, I I did have willingness. I knew I was powerless. I heard and saw people who were recovered, and that made me willing. And they pointed to this book as holding the way they found this recovery, the way that they found a relationship with a higher power. And I took that, you know, as an assumption, and if it was in this book, it was true. And um, that, for me, is where my willingness started. And then honest enough to try. You know, I stopped judging um, every thought and feeling I had. Um, I stopped judging the religion that I grew up with, you know, and the relationship that's happened for me has been amazing. As, you know, as I came to rely more on the spirit of the universe, the better I felt. The more love washed over me, the resentment melted away, the food lost its hold, and, you know, when troubles knock on my door, I have a design for living. This relationship is simple and understandable, and it doesn't require religious affiliation, and yet it's made me grow more comfortable with my religious affiliation. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Larry Kay, you're up. Thanks, Monica, for your service. Larry Kay, uh, Recovered Compulsive Reader. So, it, you know, it says uh, we think it no concern of ours what religious bodies our members identify with them, uh, identify themselves with as individuals. So, you know, again, you know, uh, you co- we come here, you know, Jew, Christian, Muslim, agnostic, atheist, etc. You know, we can all recover regardless of, of any association because we're simply not a fellowship that's predicated on religious affiliation. We're, we're a spiritual group, but we're not a religious affiliated group. And many favor such memberships. And, and that's fine if you do, but it doesn't make recovery any more or less accessible to you. And I think that was the key. See, recovery is available to anyone who becomes willing to follow those clear-cut directions that are, that are laid out in the big book. And I'm reminded that, you know, willingness, honesty, open-mindedness, those, those are the essentials of recovery. Those are the, the indispensable things that we have to do. And again, on page 14, you know, there's no free lunch here, though. Simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. And so what, you know, what price was that? 
Was it religious affiliation? No, it wasn't. Was it abstinence? It, it was not. Was it some sort of sinless, uh, you know, existence? Well, that, that's not possible for someone like me. You know, greater devotion to the, to the tools of recovery? No. Uh, memorization of the big book tried that. Uh, I'm a pretty good rememberer. Uh, but that didn't work either. No, they, see, the, um, the, the price that had to be paid was destruction of self-centeredness. That's what, what I was told, destruction of self-centeredness. And that, the thing is that that would happen um, as a result of, of, of working through these steps. You know, the thing is we, we come to realize that destruction of self-centeredness through the steps, these are revolutionary and drastic proposals, the, these things. And only the courageous and accepting, you know, among us will, will see this through, uh, through its fruition each day. That's what we do each day. And, um, you know, so thank goodness, you know, you come to this program if it would have um, espoused uh, religious, uh, the, you know, theological concepts and all that kind of stuff. I think I would have run for Z Hills, you know, but it didn't. You know, it didn't. This was this was available to anybody at all who just was willing to believe that there was something outside of themselves, something greater than themselves. And then let's get down to action, 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 always action, because that's what this program is. It's for people who do. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And who else would like to share on these two paragraphs? Renata. Renata. Mary Kay. Mary Kay. Janice M. Vasa. Janice, Janice M. Vasa. Lee Ann W. Lee Ann W. Nessa R. All right, I heard Nessa R. and I heard somebody else at the same time. Gail T. Gail. Gail. Gail T. Okay. All right, let's go with this. Renata, Mary Kay, Janice M, Vasa O, Leanne W, Nessa R, and Gail T. Okay, Renata, you're up, and then it'll be Mary Kay. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Good morning, family. This is Renata G, Recovered Compulsive Evade in New York. And I want to focus on willing and honest. Um, that made me think about step one and two. You know that that's really what I need to make a start in this in this program. You know, page fifty nine talks a lot about how anyone who has a capacity to be honest can recover in this program. But it was very hard for me to 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 be honest, entirely honest, like honest about am I the real compulsive overeater? You know, or do I still think that? I can't manage life. I can manage this disease on my own. I can manage the food, you know. And so the minute that I could get really honest and admit that I'm 100% powerless, then I could become willing to believe that there's a power out there, whatever that is, right? They make it so clear here that it's not about a God of religion. It's about something bigger than me. It's about admitting that whatever I tried did not work. And that's why, you know, they always, they always say in the big book that they're trying to share their experience, their, you know, 
their bottoms, their struggles, so we don't have to go that far. And so, you know, they're trying to pass on this idea that whatever it is that you can feel comfortable with, that you can call a higher power, as long as it's not you, it, it will work, right? We just have to become willing to believe. And then it talks about how, you know, um, will form a relationship with that power upon simple and understandable terms, which are the steps. You know, by working steps 3 to 12, I formed a real relationship with my higher power. And so I don't need to have it all figured out. I just had to become 100% honest about my reality, my situation with this disease. And that, you know, when I could do that, I became willing to believe that something bigger than me would have to help me. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Renata. Mary Kay, you're up, and then it'll be Janice. Good morning, everyone. This is Mary Kay, grateful, recovered, uh, and recovering compulsive overeater just for today from Western New York, and thanks, everyone, for your service, for being here today with me. The um, the words that are speaking to me today, um, actually, after I've shared recently, I thought I'm still not getting quite the right words to help people understand what I'm trying to say. Um, I think I might be closer to it now with these paragraphs and something God just whispered to me. The um, the first thing is I've said many times uh, in the last seven, eight months since I've been in program, because I'm brand new to this just starting June last year, is that I've seen more people find the God of their understanding in these rooms in the last eight months than I have ever seen in any church I've ever been a part of. And I've been a part of a, of a church, of a religion for all my life. Um, and then, then I want to say, though, that I've had a deep spiritual relationship for a long, long time. And and the the words that God's whispering to me this morning is, yes, you had a spiritual experience, and but you were in relapse many times. And when I have thought about relapse, I've only thought about the food and putting down the food. But it's the separation from God that is in your higher power that is the relapse. And so, indeed, I know I've had many, many, many spiritual experiences in my life where literally the hand of God touched me. I, 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 someone asked me last winter um, after I'd done a presentation and was getting ready to do another one, and they said, what makes you so special, Mary Kay? What, 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 what do you have? What do you have? And, and I looked at them and I said, I don't have anything special that anybody else can't have too. You've just got to be willing and you've got to be in touch and you've got to listen to the God whispers and you've got to trust that God is in your life. And I didn't know that in between with all the, the food that I was still picking up until I put, put the food down, that the times in between the spiritual experiences I was in relapse um, it's not just about the food, folks. It is very, very, very much all about, all about the spiritual recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Kay. Janice M., you're up, and then it'll be Vasa. Well, good morning to you, Monica, and everyone. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, 
compulsive overeater. Oh, thank you, goodness. Thank you, God, for these two paragraphs that I that there isn't any friction, then there isn't any debates, and there's no discussion of religion. You know, I've been in these rooms many years, and we've never had a debate on who I should believe, how I should believe, what I should believe, because no one could convince me anyway. Because, you know, a, a woman or a man convinced against their will is of the same opinion still, you know. And I know I can't convince anybody. I can't convince anybody of anything because I'm powerless. And um, if I, now that I know, of course, I didn't know then, I thought I was powerful, that, you know, I'm powerless and I'm drowning and I need something else because it just told me before that nothing else worked, then, then I need to change. And I need to try. I need to try something else. You know, I'm willing to try. I'm opening up my mind. See, this for me was the most important thing, you know, um, to open my mind and then, you know, embark on the experience of the book here, these pioneers, plus you people, (laughs) you people that went before me, that I could hear them. I could see it. I could feel the change because they told me about it. And so I said, well, if they can, then perhaps I can. And, you know, I was turned off. I had a religion, and I was turned off because, you know, we owned a bakery. We lived across the street from the church. I would see the people come in after church. They'd be half drunk. They'd be, imagine, half drunk. And um, they would be swearing, and they would be talking about people. And I said, huh. There's no experience, there's no spirituality here. Of course, I didn't even know what the word spirituality, but I didn't want I didn't want what they had coming from church. But let me tell you, because of the embarkment on with these twelve steps, that spirit came through me because my the, there were blocks in me like resentment and fear and dishonesty. You know, the the, the spirit was in me. It was inside of me, and by Doing these steps, it unblocked these blocks that were in me, and that spirit came through, whatever I call it. And, you know, Ebby, thank you, God, for Ebby talking to Bill, saying, choose your own. Wait. No, I'm not. I'm going to stay. I'm sorry. Um, Someone is unmuted. No. Please mute mute your phone. Can you mute your phone, please? But it would be a cup today. I'm sorry, everybody. Okay, Janice, I think. Janice? Can anybody hear me now? Unmuted. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Did you stop the clock? (laughs) All right. Oh, no, I didn't. Choose your own conception of the word God. That's all I want to leave it with you. And then open your mind and uh, and back on these steps. Thanks, and I pass. <laughs> Thank you, Janice. Vasa O, you're up, and then it'll be Leanne W. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Janice, for your service. And I am a recovered compulsive reader calling from Florida. I remember, you know, when somebody 12-stepped me for about a week before I came to my first meeting, she just told me, just have an open mind and, uh, and, and take what you want and leave the rest behind. That's what I heard, you know. But anyways, I, I really didn't 
nor I didn't believe I could reach to a power greater than myself. Um, I felt so, like, separated from God. I felt like God was in heavens and I was on earth. And uh, God was, like, unreachable. And the biggest block for me was, you know, the unbelief uh, or the block of, you know, being into the food and then the character defects, you know, the, the resentments, fears, envy, jealousy. I mean, there's just so many of them, you know, but I did not know what I did not know in those days. I, I thought somehow I thought maybe I needed to read the Bible from the beginning to the end and memorize all the scriptures. Maybe that's that's how I was going to get close closer to God. And I said, that's undoable. I don't know if I could do that. I had a hard time in school memorizing. You know, I had a difficult time, you know, doing my work in school. So, um, again, for me, it was very, very simple. I was in pain, and I, was, I had hit bottom. I didn't, you know, I had some religion, you know, but I didn't like my, you know, what happened in my religion. I was hurt, you know, things that happened in my religion. So I, you know, I started with brand new, you know, and it was just, I, it was very simple. It was just very easy, you know. I had nowhere to go, no, nowhere to, you know, to turn, and I was just ready. You know, I mean, I thank you, God. He brought me into the program, you know. Thank you, God. I was ready to surrender on my knees and just to say, I can't do this by myself anymore. I need all the help I can get from you and the fellowship, you know, the steps, whatever. I was just so, so ready. And I did have a spiritual experience, but that, that was only the beginning, you know. And I used to think, oh, the 12 steps, I understand them. They read them every day, every time I go to a meeting, or they're hanging up in the wall, you know. Well, I heard we have to study the 12 steps. We don't just recite them. We study them. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Leanne W., you're up. And then it'll be Nessa R. Good morning. My name is Leanne W. I'm calling from Massachusetts. And I really wanted to share on this. Uh, what really jumped out on me is um, where it says, the living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. And this means a lot to me because for me, I really got hung up on my resentments. When I started in this program and was looking at my resentments, I realized that I had a huge resentment against God um, but not before anybody sort of um, squirms with that. It was my conception of God at that time. I was raised in a family where it was a very punishing God. I was, lived, I was in a very alcoholic, very abusive, very deprived uh, family. And any time as a young child I would do something wrong, there was an alcoholic father pounding his fist saying, look at what you did God's punishing you again. You're a bad child is basically what I learned. And so this was my conception of God. And I never trusted or felt that God was ever able or willing to protect me and to take care of me. And I needed to 
um, look at that. And so when I came into this program and I started looking at my resentments, I realized that I had a resentment over that conception of God, which is not the God of my understanding today. That was sort of something that was placed on me as a child that I never got rid of. And and once I realized that that's not who God is and um, for me and that um, this God of the, the spiritual program that I've gotten in my relationship with God is so simple and understandable for me today. And it's a loving God that guides me and protects me and shows me um, what I need to do. He can build in me and do in me things according to his will in that I don't need to fight them or try to be God. There's so many times I tried to be God. And this was such a barrier to me in the beginning and it was very difficult for me to overcome that, but it's only through this program of being open and willing and honest enough to try that I was able to reach that. And I am just so extremely grateful because the God that I have today is, you know, is one that has brought me to recovery and that I can share with others. And for that, I am so grateful. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leanne W. Nasa R, you're up, and then it'll be Gail T. Hi, good morning. This is Nasa R, recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I, I wasn't expecting to be able to be live on the line today, and so I missed the, the, the reading. I hope I'm in the right paragraph, but if I'm not, please, please cut me off. Um, the uh, phrase that I like is, willing, enough, willing and honest enough to try. And, you know, when I came in, I was willing. I was willing for God to remove my fat and let me eat everything I wanted and still be thin. I was willing to do that. And that's why the willing um, is followed very quickly by the honest. You know, I've got to be willing. I also got to be honest. And I, I, I struggled in the rooms um, for a long time. And I think it was mainly, not the only reason, but mainly due to dishonesty. You know, loopholes in food plans, uh, concepts like um, really silly concepts that now I, now I realize are silly, like legal binges and fat serenity and all these things that enabled me to hold on to some of my choice foods, um, you know, and kept me stuck, kept me stuck. Another reason I was stuck is because I uh, wasn't going through the steps according to the big book, but it all starts with the food, that willing and honest starts with the food. Nothing happens, nothing can happen until the food is honestly down because when I'm getting a sense of eating comfort from something else, um, God cannot come into my life. And even now in recovery, when uh, my food is down, honestly, I still have to continue to watch for those foods that maybe would have never been on my radar screen if I was still eating pizza and cheesecake. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, I had to call my sponsor and say, I got I to gotta just be honest and tell you that these foods are getting me excited. They're a party in my mouth, and I cannot eat them anymore. Um, you know, and, and it's like that in all my affairs, not just with the food. I got to be rigorously honest. The, the other thing I wanted to comment on is this word, try. Uh, which is a word that I don't really like at all. Uh, my sponsees cringe every time. My sponsees cringe every time um, they say try. I um, I tell them trying is lying. 
There's no such thing as trying. Trying is a cop-out to not do something. You either do it or you don't. Nobody ever says, oh, I'm going to try to sit down or I'm going to try to stand up. We just do it. I'm not going to try to get dressed. I get dressed. I'm not going to try to brush my teeth. So you either do it or, you're, or you don't when you're willing and honest. And beautiful things will happen. Beautiful things happen, mainly of all, um, the ability to work the steps, to get a, um, back from God, have a beautiful relationship with, with him that will result in my not having to compulsively overeat to get through life's challenges. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa R. Gail T., you're up, and then we're going to move on with the next paragraph. This is Gail T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Central Texas. I'll use what Bella says. Wow. So I am just enamored with everyone else's share. It's just, we are the well, I don't know if I am, but you all are the Ebbies. And it makes me like crying out of bliss to be a part of such a visionary group. Because when I got into OA, I know everyone talked about a higher power. And people did have their higher power. I just wasn't engaged with it. And it took me till I got into Vision for You to really uh, accept these concepts. And what it has done for me is what uh, Larry said. You know, it has destroyed. Now, it hasn't destroyed yet. But in the process of destroying self-centeredness, I, I become more and more open to experience my higher power. And that's where the it becomes really juicy and lovely. And there's a plain place in here where it says, um, indicates the multiple ways in which men have discovered God. We have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way. Well, when people of different spiritual backgrounds or faiths actually come into the room because so many people are Christian. People talk about their higher power and their spiritual experience in a very Christian way. And sometimes people fall out because they aren't Christian. But then if they really listen to what's going on here, they can speak about their spiritual experience in their way. And this is what I wanted to really put out to all the people on the line who may have different persuasions, that all of those persuasions um, can be accommodated, and it's up to you to bring it forth. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Gail T. And Chrissy M., could you read for us for the the next paragraph, please? Chrissy, star one to unmute. We can't hear you. Chrissy, can you read the next paragraph? Star one to unmute. We can't hear you. Okay. Can you hear me, Monica? I sure can now. <laughs> okay. 
Um, recovered compulsive reader and anorexic from New Jersey. In the following chapter, there appears an explanation of alcoholism as we understand it. Then a chapter addressed to the agnostic. Many who once were in this class are now among our members. Surprisingly, Chrissy, we lost you. Surprisingly enough, we find such convictions no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. Okay, I'm Chrissy M. And and I have to say that this this wasn't this wasn't a problem for me because I I believed. You know, I was a believer and it made it it made it easy for me. But what would help what helped in the chapters uh, to the agnostics, it helped me to see that there were areas in my life that I was agnostic, that I wasn't letting God in. And that that chokehold that I had on life, that I was trying to control and manage my life, really is what drove me into addictions and into, you know, eventually into, into a hell that I don't wish on anybody. And so for me... It didn't. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. I didn't have to. I didn't have to. That that God could fix all my problems before He could fix my addiction problem. All I needed to believe was that He could help me with my addiction. That's that's all really. And that that was just the beginning. The beginning of beautiful opening up and and a and a renewing of of every area of my life and letting God into every area, but that's all that's needed. And I'm so grateful that that's all that's needed, that it doesn't have to be all or nothing, that we could start just little by little with that, with that much faith. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Chrissy. And who would like to comment on this paragraph? Sally. Sally. Anybody else? Okay, Sally. Thank you, Monica. Good morning, a vision for you. It's Sally A. Recovered in South Jersey. And I just want to speak to the word agnostic. It says here in the following chapter, there appears an explanation of alcoholism. Of course, they're referring to more about alcoholism. As we understand it, then a chapter addressed to the agnostic. And, of course, they're speaking about the chapter, we agnostics. For myself, for so many years, I did not want to read that chapter. I I can't even believe when I think about it now how much I did not like the chapter, We Agnostics. I went into the reading of that chapter with such a pride and with such a prejudice that my mind was like a steel trap door snapped shut, but I could not hear anything they had to say because of the word agnostic. I'm not an agnostic. Why do I have to read this chapter? I don't want to read this chapter. And that was my thinking the whole time they read the chapter. And as it turns out, this is my conclusion after years of being in this program and reading this book at different different times, that I was an agnostic. I was an agnostic. Because, you see, I had a faith problem. I had a belief problem. This book tells us on 46 and 47 in the middle of the pages, it talks about a willingness to believe. And I thought that I did believe. 
But the truth of the matter was, I believed that there is a God, and I believed he loved you, but I didn't believe he loved me or that he cared about me or that he would do anything for me, that he would ever answer a prayer, that he would help me. And consequently, I walked around with sort of this sick concept of a faith. Yes, I totally believed, but I didn't believe for me. And with this paragraph, and even the, the previous ones, it talks about personal affairs and present choices. And so for me, let me just say this, that I believe in my heart that if you have a struggle, if you are blocked, as I was blocked, then in truth, we, we are agnostic because we have a problem believing. But if you would be willing and honest, just enough, a pinch of willing and honest enough to try. And that word try, it indicates willingness. It indicates honesty. But what it really indicates the most, it indicates action. Think about it. Pass. Thank you, Sally. And would anyone else like to comment here this morning? Okay, would anybody like to comment on e- on any of the paragraphs that we read this morning? This is Colleen M. Colleen? Yeah. Hello, Monica. This is Raquel. And Raquel? Cynthia C. from Massachusetts. Cynthia. Okay, let's go with that to begin with. All right, Colleen M. and then Raquel and then Cynthia. Go okay. ahead, Colleen. Um, I love that this book is so universal that it brings so many of us together with such a varied background. And I love the part where it says, we are all children of a living creator. And I personally believe that my creator is a loving creator. And it was through working the steps that I was able to remove the blocks where I started to feel that love. When I got honest enough to really do the work, that's when that started to seep through for me. But before that, sugar was my crutch, anything sweet. I couldn't imagine living life, living life with, without that crutch. And to let go of that, let go of control, and to start trusting that creator was so, so scary. But as I worked and that trust built, I have to tell you that relationship It is sweeter than candy bars. It is sweeter than pie, ice cream, cake, whipped cream, anything I could think of. It is the sweetest thing in my life right now, and I can't imagine living life without that, and I pass. Thank you, Colleen M. Raquel, you're up, and then it'll be Cynthia. Raquel, star one to unmute. Hello. There Hi, you are. Monica. Hi, my dear, sweet friends online. It's beautiful to be together again. And in this paragraph, the, the heart of the program, um, I want to um, to relate to a sentence. Not all of us join religious bodies, but most of us favor such membership. You know, we just left uh, Dr. Young on the previous page, and I'm still so enamored with the. Um, correspondence between him and um, and um, and between Bill and what they but I think the way I understand favor such membership 
whether religious order, what he meant is, or, or being in the fellowship of other people as opposed to being isolated with this problem. And here he wrote it very clearly. I'm strongly convinced that the evil principle prevailing in this world leads unrecognized spiritual need into perdition. It is not, it, it, if it is not counteracted either by real religious insight or by the protective wall of human community, which is what we are for each other, you know, spiritual community. Just not be alone with it, for God's sakes. Just, Raquel, don't, don't isolate yourself. And I, and I think sometimes I want to do it, and, and I pull myself back. Uh, somebody who came to me this week, you know, she was so good. She was so wonderful. She did everything, and, and now gained so much of the weight back. And, and, well, I forgot everything, she said. She isolated herself. You can't do that, not with what we have, and not all at all. And all he says here, Dr. Jung, in his letter, an ordinary man, not protected by an action from above, and isolated in society, cannot resist the power of evil, which is called very aptly, it speaks of medieval language, the devil himself, which, which is just the self-destructive will, the, the other side of us, that, that wants to do things that are not good for us. So, you know, that's why favoring the membership in a religious community or in fellowship, a spiritual community, or just don't be alone with it. My, the image that I have is when, when a wolf wants a little lamb out of the herd, somehow gets in between her and the rest of them and shoves her behind the bushes, and then he's got her. And so for all my dear friends there, new ones, old ones, let's just stick together. God bless you all, and good spirits to keep on moving on. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Raquel. And Cynthia, I didn't get the initial of your last name. Cynthia? Cynthia C. from Massachusetts. Okay. Charlie. Thank you, Cynthia C. You're on last year. Go for it. Great. Um, Varieties of religious experience uh, or spiritual experience is how I I view that as well. Um, Forming a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. That tells me that wherever I'm at, um, I can start from right there. I don't have to have um, years or time or all I... All this says is that we can um, be willing and honest enough to try. I'm, I'm a little nervous. I haven't shared for quite some time. I've only shared one place on this line in the last couple of years. Um, I have to say that I have a new, newfound freedom and willingness, and I guess that willingness and honesty is really important. And to try to me, um, yeah, I know some things I'm going to try and, and not do well on, but I have to be at least willing to take that action. And the try, I, I believe, is the action part of the willingness and honesty. Um, agnostic. I, I grew up in a faith, so I never thought I was agnostic. But when I 
block off God, and I, I think a couple of people mentioned that, blocking off my higher power. For me, it's God, and I don't mean dis- disrespect to anybody who isn't, but my higher power, when I am blocked off from them, and that is not just with food, it's with people-pleasing, it's with spending any time that I don't turn my life over to care of that higher power, I'm getting blocked and I'm getting further away from that higher power. That's not stick to me. That means that I have not trusted and been willing to listen to that inner voice. So I'm grateful to be here and grateful for everybody on the line. And uh, happy Friday and be safe in the snow. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Cynthia C. And we've reached the end of our time here this morning so quickly. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Carmela G., could you read for us, please, from A Vision for You? On page 164. Good morning, Monica. Yes, thank you. Can you hear me, Monica? I sure can. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Good morning, it's Carmela G. from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.